You're listening to The Prime Podcast, the young adult culture of Abundant Living Faith Center with Cruz Ramirez and Mark McGaffin. My people, prime people, I want to welcome you out to another edition of the Prime Culture Podcast. I'm Mark McGaffin, and last week we got together at the Epic Rail Yard for a prime pop-up. Just some low-key hangs, donuts, a merch drop, and a live podcast recording called In the DMs with Cruz and Diana Ramirez. Hey, on today's edition, I hope that you are challenged, encouraged. Come on, we can live well, love well, and date well. Here's Cruz and Diana in the DMs. Prime Culture Podcast, what's going on? What's going on? This is Cruz. Holla at your boy. Um, it's a really special Thursday night. It is. Uh, because, first of all, I'm sitting right next to the most beautiful girl on the planet. Yeah. My baby mama. She's been my girlfriend. You've been my girlfriend for 23 years. June 6th. 23 years ago, mm-hmm. you said yes to being my girlfriend. I said, I think we should go steady. Yeah. I think we should, I think we should be exclusive and change our status. There wasn't a status back then yet. Um, but she has been, I cuffed her quickly, <laughs> expeditiously even. Um, 23 you, years, you've been my girlfriend. Right. You've been my wife for 16 years, January 4th, 2000. And third. January 3rd, 2000. <laughs> Let's take that again. All right, let's go again. <laughs> let's take that from the top. No, I'm just playing. Um, January 3rd, 2004, um, you said I do, and I'm still grateful that you did. Um, and so you've been my wife for 16 years and my baby mama for seven. Seven. Seven years. And so, um, and tonight's a really special night because it's not just you and I in the studio. So if you guys are listening later on, uh, whenever this episode dropped, um, tonight we're in... Uh, the Epic Rail Yard studio with like a hundred plus of our friends. Can you guys holler at them so they can hear you one time? Um, and so we decided to get the culture together tonight go, yeah. and just shoot, record a podcast and get it together. And uh, tonight we're, we're continuing in the talk. You know, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about uh, you might be thirsty if. Right. And um, holla, holla at Diana, shout out to you for getting us um, in using the word horny in the first three minutes. If, you've, if you know, you know. If you listen to the podcast, Thirsty Part 1, three minutes into it, Diana you, like, is talking about being horny. I don't blame her because she's married to me. So I was reading the dictionary, guys. She was reading Urban Dictionary, and that was part of the... Uh, that was part of the definition, right? But we were talking about being thirsty. Right. Uh, we just dropped an episode. Um, hey, by the way, there's a sleeper episode that we didn't announce, but it's live right now on the podcast. Um, it's called You Might Not Be Ready to Date If. Yes. And so it's a really, really great episode. And so we're, stay- we're staying in the context of, yeah. of relationships, right? And so um, tonight we're talking about in the... DMs, the direct messages. Yeah, huh? where everything happens, where people, not everybody knows where everything happens, but when you know Hello. when everything's happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, I think it's kind of tricky, man, because uh, the thought of a direct message, a DM in social media, Facebook, can you DM in TikTok? No. You can? Ooh. You find a way. We, find, we found a way to DM in TikTok. Dang. Um, TikTok, Snap, all of that. I think, they, I think people created this thing called DMs, direct messages, because of this proclivity that culture has to do the exact opposite, 
Right? If you were good at giving a direct message, you wouldn't need a DM. That's right. You would just go up to the person and tell them directly to them what you want them to know. But usually, what happens in the DM? Well, look, first of all, DMs, I think, are a contradiction of terms. I agree. Right? I think you, a DM is a direct message, but like when you get a DM, it's not usually direct, it's indirect. It's impersonal. It's, it's impersonal. It's indirect. It's impersonal. I think if we're not careful, it can be insecure. And definitely inappropriate. Ay, ay, ay. So they are indifferent, insecure, inappropriate. Wow. You know, they're, they're anything but direct, right? Right. Like, but it's funny because like, they're indirect, but you get the point. Right, like you get, you post a, you post a photo of yourself, right? Like, you, like you're so proud of your, of your selfie. Of your hundredth selfie. Right, like seventy-two thousand selfies later. Yeah. After, after all the nip and tuck and filter and all of that, right? And you post it. And why do you, why, why do you put a scripture on it? That's what I want to know. <laughs> right, like Maybe. it's like it's like you're like you're like, ba- like like you're like you're like you're like in a bathing suit, right? And it's like I can do all things through Christ. Right? Like, <laughs> can you put some clothes on? In, through Christ who strengthens you? Like, are you? I don't know. Maybe it's a distraction, you know? We don't know what they're thinking. Ladies, I'm trying to help you out. Come on. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out. You know, but I think, I think that, that um, if we're not careful, the DMs will send us the most indirect messages, right? So someone will post. Someone will either comment on a post or they'll send you a DM and they'll, to, to your photo and they'll just put the little eyes. You know the eyes I'm talking about, right? The eye emojis, like... Right? And you know what that means. Right? And that's totally indirect. Like, there's no words, there's nothing. But you know what it means. But you know what it means. It's like, I see you. So, <laughs> I see you. Right? So I think in this conversation, um, our first direct message, number one, from God, let me tell you, God is for good relationships. He's not against them. God is so much more excited for you to have good relationships than you are. Like, he created them. He wants you to have good relationships. So that's the, your first direct message like from God. He wants you to have good relationships. Yeah, totally. That's our goal with this content tonight. And as you listen, uh, as you listen to this over and over, right, um, I think that in a world of indirect, direct messages, it's good for us to really filter out the noise and discover the real direct messages. And we really wanted us to gather around this content and filter out the indirect impersonal, inappropriate, indifferent, direct messaging, and find out some real direct messaging from the Word of God, from the one who designed relationships. And you know, Diana just nailed it with the very first DM we want you to like know tonight, okay? God wants you to have good relationships. God is for relationships. He's not against them. I want you to write that down, man. God is for your relationships. He's for good relationships. He created your relationships. And so tonight, tonight we're going to um, we're gonna be looking at the first text and the first context of relationships that there ever was in all of the Bible. Okay? And so we're gonna be going to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through 25 in the message version. Okay? And so I'm just gonna read through it all the way for you. Um, and then we're just going to get bits and pieces about and, and find some direct messages that God has just tucked away for us in terms of our relationships and, and everything and all the dynamics in that. Is that cool? All right. So here's what here's what the scripture says in Genesis chapter two, verse 18 through 25 in the message version. It says this. God said who said God said God said we can park it there and like preach that for like 20 minutes. Right. Because a lot of times we like to think 
that God's voice sounds like our opinions. And we, we, we like to think that God's voice sounds like our preferences and that God's voice sounds like our impulses. I was talking about, I think I was talking with, I, I was interviewing um, Vivian this morning for our internship. And one of the things that we talked about, I think, we, I think it was us, I think it was with you, we talked about God, we are talking about obedience, that's what it was. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's really cool for us to approach God and say, man, God really loves me, Jesus is my friend. But one of the things that we lose, Diana, is Jesus is also my Lord. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I approach Jesus as Lord, the assumption is he has the last word. Yeah. The assumption is, and really the, 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 the connotation there is that he's not, I said this this way, he said, I, I said, he's not a consultant nor an advisor. Right. And so sometimes we approach God and we're like, hey, what does my consultant say today? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, I'll think about that. Exactly. Right. But this is a very direct message yeah. to all of his creation. Right? And so if, if, if we call ourselves disciples of, God, of Jesus tonight, if we're God followers, if we really follow Jesus, because it's one thing to be like, man, you know, I know Jesus loves me, but it's another thing to say, I love Jesus, and I love his words, and I love the way he teaches me to live my life. Amen. Does that make sense to you? Amen. Right? And so, I, I, like, man, that really just jumped out at me. God said, not society, mm-hmm. not culture, not tradition. For a lot of us in this, in, in this room, and maybe some of you listening to this content, you know, your, your family says before God says. Yeah. Peer pressure says yeah. before God says. Give me a good amen. Like, like all my young, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me say something though. Like, thank you for being so encouraging, right? But like, watch. For, for all, my, all my like Gen Z years, my, my 20-somethings and maybe early 30-somethings, like who thought that peer pressure would end when you got out of high school only to find out that 20-something life is way more peer pressure. Give me a good amen if you know that's true, right? And so the pressure, societal pressure, societal stigma, all of that will say louder than God says. Amen. But if we're going to start at the beginning, if we're really going to read and receive the direct message from God, then we have to start right there. Hey, this is what God said. This isn't what my preference said. You want to know what preference sounds like? It sounds like Proverbs 14, verse 12, right? Proverbs 14, verse 12 says this. It says that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is destruction. There's a way that right now, it looks good to you, right? And that, I mean, that's totally what culture says around, hey, if it feels good, man, like, well, do it. If it feels good to you, go ahead, right? But the scriptures teach you and I this, that there's a way that seems good to a person, but the end of it will destroy you. Amen. See, you and I, we weren't built with eternal perspective. We were built with limited perspective. This is why we need the influence of God. We need his shepherd. If you've been going to church on Wednesday nights, we're learning about God as our shepherd. We need him to shepherd us, right? And so here's what it sounds like in today's culture, right? Well, you know, Cruz, I don't see anything wrong with that. When I just live on my own terms. You know, Cruz, I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, you, you can't see anything wrong with it yet. You don't have the capacity to see what this is going to do to your life six years down the road. Amen. You're not eternal, but your father is, your shepherd is. And so this is why the DM starts with, hey, God said, here we go. God said, it's not good for man to be alone. So I'm going to make for him a helper, a companion. So God formed from the dirt of the ground all of the animals of the field, all of the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that's what his name was. The man named the cattle, the birds, the wild animals, but he did not find 
a suitable companion. That's interesting, isn't it? So for number one, God DMs us tonight and he says, hey, I'm for relationships. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's not good for you to be alone. I, I know, I made you, I made you. And I hear you when you're praying, God, send me a man. God, I want to be booed up. It was, this is my third, this is my third Valentine's Day. Right, all by myself. Had and to then, take a dinner to myself. Didn't nobody buy me nothing. Had to send flowers to myself. I didn't get a Walmart gift card. Nothing. Target gift card. God, I'm tired of Victoria's that. Victoria's Secret gift card, right? nothing. Nothing. What? <laughs> anyway, and so God is like, dude, don't feel bad about that. Don't, I created you that way and I got you. I just want to take a moment. I just want to say that God sees it and he sees the He looks at you the same way he looks at Adam. Yo, it's not good for him to be by himself. It's not good for her to be by herself. I see her. I see him. It's not good for you. And I got you. That's what the text said. The DM for you tonight is this. I see the aloneness. I didn't create you to be alone. And I got you. And what does God do? The, the, The first thing God does when he says God's, when he says man's life is not good to be alone, he puts man in singleness. Yeah. That's our first season. That's your first season. Mm-hmm. Your very, very first season. Isn't that interesting? Your very first season. Watch this. He says, okay, Adam, I got you. It's, you're not going to be alone. I'm going to make a helper for you. I'm going to make a companion for you. Now go do this job. See, before God will ever give you a person, he'll first give you a purpose. I want you to write that down. So that's our DM number two. Please find your purpose before you find your person. So DM number two, direct message number two for singleness. In your singleness season right now, if you feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to get there. Please find your purpose before you find your person. So important. So if you're in the singleness season... You're trying to find your purpose, right? Can, can I just pause yeah. here real quick, Diana, mm-hmm. before you go forward? Mm-hmm. Listen, there's a, there's a really specific order here. Like, God was already working out Adam's companion. Like, he was and, working. Yeah, and so singleness wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm so dry right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right? That's like, not what it was. It was right. part of the process. The part of the process. So singleness is not a punishment. Come on, girl. And marriage is not the ultimate goal. Say that again for the people in the back. Wow. That's so, a good statement. Singleness is not a punishment. Like, you're not like, oh, God, this is how long do I have to be here? You're, like, not in jail. And marriage (laughs) is not the ultimate goal. But you can't get better by yourself if you're always with someone. If you're always in a relationship, there's too much noise. There's too much going on. How can God speak to you? How can he breathe his dreams into your life? And how can you get to where you need to be if you're surrounded with people and with noise? So... If even though you're single, you're not alone. So you may not have a person, but you'll always have purpose. If you take your singleness season seriously, if you don't waste it, this is the only time in your life that you have for yourself. Once you get married, now you got a husband or a wife, and then you got crazy kids, which I, and they'll never go away, ever. Like, you can't go to the bathroom by yourself. Like, nothing. You see little fingers, even if you lock the door. Like, literally, I want you guys to, like, take this time of your life. Did you just life. say little fingers under the oh, door? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, there's nothing like need, like you're in the bathroom first thing in the morning. You know what I'm talking about first thing in the morning? And it's like, hey, Dad, what are you doing in there? And little finger, I see you, Dad. What are you doing? You're like, right? 
Oh my God. So right so now, right. take your bubble baths. Hello. Put out your candles. Do who you want to be. Be who you want to be now. Because this singleness season is coming to an end. But if you don't do the work in this season, when you get there, you're going to have so much more work to do. That's good, Diana. So let's um, have the definition for purpose. Write this down. The reason for which something is created or for which something exists. That's really good. Say that again. Like, do you guys hear this? Like, I, we wanted to make sure that purpose wasn't just this big nebular idea, right? We all struggle, not struggle, but we're always yearning for purpose, right? Mm -hmm. What's my purpose? What's my purpose? And if we're not careful, we'll think, what's my purpose as we're trying to get a degree? Purpose is not a degree. Purpose is not the job. Purpose is not the salary. Purpose is not the spouse, right? Can you give that definition again? I, I really think God gave it really simply. I wish we had something deeper, but this is what we prayed about. And it was like, this is it. The reason for which something is created or for which something exists. The reason for which something is created. Why was I created? Who am I and why am I here? Yeah. Who am I and why am I here? You know, the truth is you're going to ask yourself that question pretty much every stage of your life. Yeah. Every single stage. As a single person. And let me just pause and just insert this. It's not in our notes. But can I just say that singleness is still a dating relationship? Dude, I'll tell you what. Tell me who you're dating in your singleness season. I'm dating me. That's right. Yeah. Talk about it. Can't nobody love me like me. Exactly. So if you don't know how to love yourself, how are you going to know how to love somebody else? If you do not know how to love you, you know, I, absolutely. Like, real talk, real talk. Can we just, can we just give them some real, real talk? We're, we're, we're going to jump into the end, the marriage part. But there are some moments, yes or no, Diana, mm -hmm. right? This, at this point in our relationship, there are some moments we're all called Diana. This happened last week, I think. Uh, it was for just for a couple hours, right? But it was like, hey, babe, I got the kids. I'm going to take them to dinner. You just go do something, right? Or sh she'll be like, hey, bro, like... <laughs> And I freak out because I don't know what to do with myself anymore. So I'm like figuring it out again. <laughs> I'm like, go get a pedicure, go do a mani, do something. You know what I'm saying? Go to the gym, do whatever you want to do, right? And there are some moments on a Friday or something, you're like, hey, bro, listen, it's been a heavy week. Just go do something. Mm -hmm. I got the girls. Go do something. Why? Because it's good for you to spend time with you, yeah. right? And can I, can I just take a moment, like, if you're listening to this right now, um, and, and as you're thinking about your singleness, you know, maybe, maybe just maybe the thirst that you have for wanting to be with somebody is just so that you don't have to spend time with you. Yeah. That's deep. And, but and, that's, and, that's, and that's a thing, man. It is a thing. Because right? if you're sick of yourself and sick of being with you, you being with somebody else. is not going to fix it. It's definitely not going to fix it. Now you're both sick. Now it's you got two sick it. people Hello. in a relationship trying Hashtag to make something work. Coronavirus. <laughs> don't encourage it you guys don't don't encourage it um but we we really just want to keep that simple why was i created and why am i here why was i created why am i here you know purpose isn't complicated you guys finding out your purpose is really about finding out and knowing who you are and who you are not it's about knowing who you are and who you're not. Can we go back to the scripture real quick? Watch. Go, I want you to go to Genesis chapter 2 and go to verse 18 and 19. Okay? Um, watch. This is, this is what the scripture says. Watch. <clears throat> who you are and who you are not. In your singleness, God is creating something in you. He's creating an awareness. 
And as you're living your single life, for all of us who are here living single, right? For all of you who are listening, living single, this is such a great opportunity for you to simply discover who you are and who you are not. That's it. This is what Adam so did good. in his single season. Watch. Check this out. God's doing something in you, right? Like, and so there's some really cool, is it up there? Cool. There's some really cool like wordplay in there. First of all, God says, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper and a companion. Didn't unpack that the way I wanted to, a helper and a companion. When you're looking for someone, can you please make sure that they're a helper? Can you please make sure they add to your life, not take to your life? Can you make sure that you're not in competition with them? A companion, someone we can walk together, someone who isn't jealous, someone who isn't selfish, someone who isn't intimidated by your shine. Hello? Someone who is not intimidated. By your, why are you always talking? You're always talking to other girls. You're always, it's like, dude, hey, baby boy, I love that you're so charismatic. I love that God uses you like that. I love that you're so strong. Shine, baby, shine. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Right? That's right. Let me tell you, like when we first got married, I used to complain all the time. I'm like, why can't you just take out the trash? Like, seriously, you still can't take out the trash? It was like every day. That's like all we ever thought about. Then one time he took out the trash, right? And so I changed my perspective. I was like, oh, Hercules, Hercules, thank you so much for taking out the trash. You did so good today. Thank you. And guess what? I've never had to take the trash out again. Hey. I'll tell you what. Whatever you encourage. Will be repeated. Amen. Will be repeated. But watch. A couple things are happening here. God said, I'll make him a companion and a helper. Watch. I'll make her a companion and a helper. A lot of times we think, okay, God, you're making my companion. Mm, You're making my helper. You're making my spouse. You're making my partner. But the word play here also isn't just he's over there creating someone for you. It could also, the inference here could also be he's making me a companion and making me a helper. He's like, he's making me someone that will help somebody and be a good partner to somebody. See, again, the question is, who am I and why am I here? In your singleness, you have the opportunity to really discover that. I'll tell you what, guys, as as, as pastors, one of the things that we deal with a lot is marriages. Marriage is of God. It is of God. And I believe it's of God because you need God to have a healthy marriage and have a good marriage, right? And listen, there, there are times where people are trying to figure out after they've said I do, mm-hmm. who am I and why am I here? Because I thought that I was here because of her. Come on. And then when she didn't complete me, the question comes up, who am I and why am I here? And well, maybe why are you making me happy? Hey man, I hope you're enjoying In the DMs with Cruz and Diana. But we got a lot of great stuff coming up at Prime in March. We have Circle Season 1, Week 3 and 4 taking place. So head over to Instagram at This Prime Culture. Follow the link in that bio and get connected to a circle. Because life change happens in the context of relationship. We also have Prime HQ. It's where our servant leaders come together and we build the culture. If you're serving or you'd like to serve, you got to get there March the 15th at 5 p.m. at our East Church. I want to see you there. Now let's get back into the DMs with Cruz and Diana. When, when I thought of God creating the animals, I always thought God just spoke the animals. Right? I thought like God just said, let there be and there was. The way there was light. In chapter 2 though, Moses writes, because you know Moses wrote Genesis. 
the first five books of the Bible. Moses says this. He says, God took the dirt and made cattle and birds and fish and wild animals and brought them to Adam for him to deal with them. It was the same dirt that God put together in chapter 1, breathed into it, and it became Adam. Mm -hmm. Watch this. In his season of finding purpose, and his season of finding, in, in his season of singleness, God caused Adam to confront his dirt. Come on. Wow. He made him confront what he was made of. Come on. And he made him name it. And he made him name it to the point where he dominated it. The scripture says that the animals that were made of the same dirt that Adam was made of, Adam said, this is what you are, and this is what you're called, and you're going to obey me. This is what you are, and this is what you're called, and you're going to obey me. There are things in us that we have to, have to, have to, in our singleness, yes. have to deal with our own dirt. Here's a takeaway. I don't, I'd rather you get dirty dealing with your own dirt than be dirty playing in someone else's. Come on now. So good. So good. Right? Listen, I'd rather you get dirty dealing with your own dirt than be dirty playing in someone else's, right? And so check this out. Finding out who I am, whom I'm not. Confronting the dirt, confronting it. Watch this. And in his singleness, you can see Adam deal with different types of relationships. It's really cool. The scripture says this. He dealt with cattle, he dealt with birds, and he dealt with wild animals. All of those are a form of a relationship. Cattle. How do they relate? Herds. So Adam dealt with the herds. He dealt with the birds. And he dealt with the wild animals. See, the herd mentality is all about not thinking. I'm yeah. just part of this without even thinking. I'm just in this because I guess this is what we do. Come on. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. And every single one of us in our singleness are probably going to... I have to confront that. Mm -hmm. Okay, this might be calling me. This is, this is in me. What am I going to do with the herd mentality that's trying to pull me in? Right. What am I going to do with it? Then he had to deal with the birds. You know, people trying to get you to flock with them. <laughs> I don't flock with you. <laughs> what? what? Just happened. Get it. Watch. Watch. Can I just take my time with it a little bit? Yeah. Let me go deeper. So when he dealt with the cattle, he's dealing with the ones who do things mindlessly. We just, well, we just always do this. This is who we are. Birds now, as they flock, a bird flock, when a flock of birds is moving and relating, it's all about convenience. Think about what they do in the winter and the summer. And so he had to confront the type of relationship that's only around when it's convenient. Come on. Once it's not comfortable anymore, we don't flock no more. Well, I might have to take that out of the podcast. <laughs> I'm making sure I'm using all of my inflection. I flock. <laughs> but do you, but are you seeing what, what the scripture is teaching us? Watch. And with the wild animals, the unpredictable ones, right? For like a, a, a little span of time, and maybe you've dealt with it, like wild is kind of sexy because consistent isn't sexy and consistent isn't glamorous. Like, oh my God, he's so consistent. 
Like, oh my God. Right? Like, like when's the last time you texted your girls like, oh my God, I'm in so into him. He pays his bills on time. That's super sexy when you're married. Yeah, I don't know go. about you. Let's go. I let's don't know go. about you, but I like water. Hey. I like heat. <laughs> I, hey, you know, I like hey, all that stuff. So I'm that not, is so hey, great. Let me tell you what, let me tell you what foreplay in our house is like. Yo, check out creditreport.com. What's up? What's up? You, you about. Thank you, you baby, for you paying this, our bills on time. You about this 805 girl? What's up? That's right. Real talk, guys. Right? Watch this. Watch this. Come on. The FICO score. What's up? What's up? Let me see your, let me see your credit report. You should do it, for real. Like, if you're gonna get, like, you're in a relationship. Hold on, can we just push pause there? Like, is it okay? Can you go off the rails a little bit? Watch. Like, it's crazy, right? Like, 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 to, to volunteer at our church, you like, you do a background check to volunteer at the church. We'll go to dinner with someone, like, for six months and do no background check on them. Come on, girls, let's get smart. Like, like, you'll get in the car with them. For real. Oh my God. That's so scary. And you're like, and you're basing it all on feelings. Wow. And looks, because he might be pretty cute. He's cute, but is he a psycho? Check that credit report. Check the Instagram. Check the Instagram. Wow. Okay, we don't have time to keep talking about this, right? Mm -mm. But watch this, watch this. So he dealt with the herd, he dealt with the flocks, and he dealt with the wild ones. Watch, and the scripture says, but his companion was not in any of them. Your companion is not in the herd, it's not in the flock, and it's not in the wild ones. Where's your companion? Watch this. He doesn't find his companion until he rests in his singleness. The scripture said that he rested in God. Now, that doesn't mean you become indifferent or apathetic. You know what that means? That means that you literally just say, Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. I know you're doing something in her and in him. I don't know their name yet. Yeah. One day I'm going to meet them. Yeah, I trust But Jesus, whatever you're doing there, I trust you. And whatever you're doing in me, I'm resting. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm resting in it. And watch, as you rest and as you're finding your purpose, one of the things that should be emerging out of your single season, one word, expectation. Right? I love that line where it says his companion was not in any of them. He dealt with his dirt. He dealt with the flock. He dealt with the herd. He dealt with the wild ones. And he said, my companion is not in any of those. You know what that sounds like? Expectations. Watch this. He proves it to us. The scripture shows us that he had an expectation. Mm-hmm. God says that, 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 the Bible says that God made Adam sleep, pulls a rib out of him, and the first thing he says when he sees the woman he's going to marry, he says, finally. He recognized her. He recognized her. Finally. Finally, watch. But you can't have a finally type of expectation if you don't know who you are. Because he said, finally, bone of my bone. Flesh of my flesh. So good. Dang. That's good, right? And so when we, oftentimes we leave our, expe- our, our singleness with no expectations. Can I tell you, if you're single in the room tonight, and if you're listening, you're single, don't rush out of that. Make sure you're building expectations. 
Make sure you walk away with purpose. Who I am and who I'm not. It's really that simple. Amen. This is who I am and this is who I'm not. And they better be okay with it. Amen. Bone of my bone. They're like me. They think like me. Flesh of my flesh. He respects me. He knows who I'm not. And he knows that I don't rock like that. And he honors me. Amen. And he cares for me. Amen. My God. Amen. Wow, some expectations, right? Yeah. So DM number three for dating. Your dating life will always live up to your expectations. So we're going to move into the good stuff. Yeah, DM number three for dating. Your dating life will always live up to your expectations. So in dating, dating should be about examining your expectations. What are you looking for in a relationship? You should go into dating being so well informed of yourself, of who you are, that you don't have to wait for somebody to do the defining of who you are. So be so sure of who you are that when somebody tells you who you're not, that you're not responding to that. So good, babe. So Proverbs 18.22 in the message version. Find a good spouse. You find a good life, and even more, the favor of God. That's a good scripture. Ladies, allow yourself to be found. Don't Amazon Prime yourself to his doorstep. Like, don't do that. Allow him to work his muscles of wanting you, of finding you, because if you do all the work right now, you will be doing all the work for the rest of your life. And now you're mad. Like, why doesn't he do this for me? You never let him. Wow. So why does he have to do it now? So make him work. Wow. It's all about the expectations. You all know, about the in our notes, one of the big things that's just massive, it's like, what did you expect? Like, he doesn't want to marry you now. Well, you gave the milk away for free. What did you expect? Right. That's so old school, right? But don't be mad at me. It's in the Bible, right? Like, listen, no, but, but for real, what'd you expect? You jumped into this thing with no standards. No expectations. See, another, like, we don't like the word standards, right? It's like, uh -huh. man, I don't want you to limit me. I don't want you, like, okay, right? Well, let's talk about expectations, right? As you date, it's not, it's not a season of obligations. Right. It's a season where you examine the expectation. Here's what I'm looking for. Yes. Let me examine you, yeah. right? Let me, let me watch your patterns yes. as a boyfriend. Not even as a boyfriend. Let me watch your patterns as someone who is like, we're talking. Yeah. Well, you manage your expectations like in your relationships. And before you even go out on a date, like what are your non-negotiables? What are the boundaries that you have already set? Don't make those boundaries when you see that cute guy in front of you because then all boundaries go out the window. Hello. Like have those boundaries set. Like be your authentic self in dating because if you don't, you're always going to have to play a role. I would rather be loved for my authentic self than to be loved by somebody I'm not. Yeah, that's Go good. So Proverbs 18, I want to come back to that a little bit, right? Um, dating, dating really is all about expectation management and expectation examination, right? Oftentimes, listen, and I, I, I'm pro I probably am in dad mode right now, okay? I probably am, and I hope it doesn't feel like I'm fussing at you, right? Um, but, but a lot of times, we, we jump into these, these weird obligations that we put on ourselves, right? Proverbs 18, 20, Proverbs 18, I love it, 22 says, look, go find a good spouse. What are you looking for, right? What, 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 what are you looking for? That word good, I want you to take some notes for, for that word good. It means three things in this text. Number one, it means it's suitable. That word suitable means we're compatible here. 
Like we can actually build something. Right? We're, we're compatible. This is why, look, like a, a lot of times Christianity and, and the text, and, and not just the text, the doctrine or the way we believe, especially how Paul teaches us in how Christians should enter relationships, especially when he says, don't go link yourself up with someone who doesn't believe like you. Because at the end of the day, you're going to end up hurting each other, yeah. is what Paul said. It's not about the exclusivity and this total like, like elitist attitude of Christianity. No. Paul knew human nature. And how, how can two walk together, the book of Amos says, how can two walk together if they don't agree with each other? Wow. We're going to end up dragging each other and we're going to end up hurting each other. Yeah. Not only that, the thing that God wants us to carry, right? So when you think of, 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 of two beasts being yoked together, usually you're yoked to carry something really valuable. Your future your family, your destiny, Amen. your legacy, the impact, everything that you're dreaming for, that's what's hitched to this things, the things that you, uh, the relationships you come into. And not only do you destroy each other, you derail the thing that God put inside of you to carry. Amen. Right? And so watch, the word good, when you find a good spouse, when you find a good partner, the word good is suitable. Are we compatible? Can we rock? Yeah. Right, hear me. You're not going to change them. The only way you're going to change them is if they're wearing a diaper. Wow. You're welcome. A lot of times, I could change him. I could. No, you can't. His mama didn't change him. His daddy didn't change him. The last 15 years of life didn't change him. Yeah. The truth is, Jesus himself right now, until knuckle, old knucklehead, like until old boy opens up his like heart, even Jesus can't change him. Yeah. And the only way, baby girl, you're going to change him is if he's wearing a diaper. So if you have red flags right now in dating, if you're in a dating relationship and you've been with each other for a while and you see those red flags, don't ignore them. They are not going away. In marriage, things only get magnified. So be. right now, if it's a problem, it's going to be an issue. So right now, be, be your authentic self and say, hey, you know what? Speak up and say, hey, I have a That's problem so with this and so talk good. about it. Communication. You are valuable. You are worth it. You are worth that conversation. Wow. Now, if they can't respect your boundaries or what you're bringing to the table, then it's time to go. Peace out. And that's the beauty of dating. You haven't bought a ring. You didn't pay a caterer. Exactly. You didn't buy a dress. You didn't go on a honeymoon. You didn't do none of that. That's the beauty of dating. It's like, oh, peace out. Like, I'm gone. Yeah. Like, like. It's been real and it's been good, but it hasn't been real good. I'll catch you later, homie. Like, for real. I'm dropping this class. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we met a, I'm dropping this. I'm changing my major. Right? Like, whatever. Right? But that's the beauty of dating. Right. There's no obligation. So when but the expectation. Yes, there, there are boundaries. Because when you, you got to come back to Prime and see the same guy that you just dated and you went too far, Hello. now it's awkward. So oh, wait, save wait, wait, wait. yourself some awkwardness and wow. keep your boundaries because you still have to be in the same community with one another. That'll, that'll just save your heart. That's very, very good. That's very, very good. Very, good, good boundaries. Listen, God didn't create the boundaries he, boundaries he created to keep stuff from us. Right? Listen, he didn't. He created the boundaries he created to protect us from ourselves. Yeah. Right? He doesn't want you walking into, into like your favorite restaurant and feeling overwhelmed because you crossed way too many boundaries in your last relationship and now you lose, every, literally you lose everything. 
You lost months of your life. You now now you now you lost your favorite places to go. Yeah. Now you can't eat. <laughs> now, amen, Pastor. Amen. I still can't go back to PF Chains. Like, you know I mean? <laughs> She's always there. Dang. I still can't go back. <laughs> right? Right? Listen, like, I lost my dog. Like, all of it. Right? True story. Like, hey, like, if you're just dating, don't go get a dog together. Right? For real. Because, like, now, now when you get a dating divorce, you're going to go through this dating custody battle with your dog. True story. I've been in those conversations. I'm like, for real? For real. But listen, but this is why God draws those boundaries for yeah. us to protect us from those awkward moments. Yeah. Right? So let me give you the, the two other words for you on good. Right? Remember, dating is fun. Dating is light. It should be enjoyable. Yeah. That's one of the words, right, that, that, that um, is used by, by Solomon in the Proverbs. Find a good spouse, someone who's compatible with you. Someone, the, the word is usable. Now, I don't think of like, oh, I could use her, I could use him. But the word is this, does it benefit me? Do they benefit me? Not do they complete me, mm -hmm. right? Do they compliment me? One of the reasons why like, I, I just kept chasing Diana was like, even, even when we were dating, it was like, dude, I, like, I'm a force when we're together. I mean, I'm a movement by myself. <laughs> Did anyone remember that song? Like, but, I'm a force when we're together, right? Like, okay, dang, we're old. Thank you, Louie. I appreciate that, right? But like, I'm good by myself, but dang, girl, you make me so much better than I could ever be on my own. I didn't realize that I could live with conviction until I met her. I didn't realize that I could be consistent until I met her. I didn't realize I didn't have to be insecure. I didn't realize how insecure I was and I carried a chip on my shoulder and how arrogant I was. And I didn't realize I could actually just chill until I was with her. And so I walked away. Like, I was like, man, this girl really helps me. She really compliments me. And the last word for good is enjoyable. Dating should be enjoyable. Yeah. If you're going through these patterns of fighting and rah, rah, like, and we're cussing each other out, and then we break up and we get back mm. together, and then like, I'm gonna go flirt with your sister, and blah, 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 like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, too much. Oh, is that a true story in here? I'm sorry. <laughs> Dang, right? And you're doing all that drama while you're dating? That's not enjoyable. Yeah. Run, man, for real. Run. Marriage won't fix it. More sex won't fix it. A child A kid will not, will not fix it. Right? Okay. So dating should be light. It should be fun. It should be a time, I'm just going to reiterate it, when you're examining your expectations, when you're managing your expectations. A time where you become, you, you are able to arrive really honestly. This is who I am, and this is who I am not. Amen. You should discover that in your time of dating. This is who I am, and this is who I am not. Amen. Right? And that's what, that's what leads you into your, into your marriage life. Because really, your marriage life becomes like the story you wrote while you were dating. Right. right? So that's DM number four. Your married life will be based on a true story, not a fairy tale. Again, number four. Your married life will be based on a true story, not a fairy tale. So what's the story you're telling in your dating life right now? 
because I'm going to tell you guys a little story. So um, I lived in fairy tale world, okay? My whole dating life, like in my head, everything was perfect. We like never fought because we did like long distance relationship forever. So we really never got into it. So in my head, Cruz was perfect. He was my Prince Charming. He could do no wrong. So let me tell you, we get married. Our first year of marriage, okay? So I am at home in our little tiny apartments, like 500 square feet, vacuuming because he's at school. I have dinner ready. I'm so excited for him to get home. And I'm, all of a sudden, I look up, and it's like red. I was like, that's weird. Like on the vents uh, at the apartments, I was like, oh, that's weird. So like, I'm kind of oblivious sometimes. So then I keep like vacuuming. And then um, I go into the bathroom, I turn on the light. Guys, and like there's a fire in my bathroom, okay? So I'm a, true story, I'm like freaking out because the fire is in the wall. And I'm like, oh my God, stop, drop and roll. Like what do I do? Like I do not know what to do. So I literally get my phone and I'm calling like 911. I'm calling the fire department. I got like a cup of water, like those red ones. Solo Um, Yeah, the solo cups. And I'm like literally like throwing water, okay? Because I don't know what to do and I'm freaking out. And I'm like calling Cruz and he doesn't answer because he's in class. So I'm like, okay, I'm texting him. There's a fire. You know what he responds? Stop playing. (laughs) First of all, when have I ever lied to you? At this point, guys, I am so mad. I am so mad and I'm going again. Dude, the bathroom is on fire. Come home. Why are you lying? I'm like, who is this guy? Like, I, I don't know him. I am so mad. I'm upset and I'm like still throwing water, right? I'm like, I'm sticking with it. Because I the lady told me, do you have a fire extinguisher? I'm like, no, but I have a cup. And I'm going to keep throwing water. She's like, yes, just keep throwing water. So I was committed, okay? So then the fire truck gets there. And um, the fireman was like, ma'am, thank you so much for throwing water. Like, you did such a good job. Like, I was so proud of myself. I'm sweating. And then uh, my husband drives up, okay? And I could see him from the corner of my eye while I'm being interviewed by the news station, okay? I have the fire department there with those big, nice-looking men telling me how great a job I did. The news lady talking to me how I potentially saved like a massive fire with my cup, okay? I am so proud of myself, but I am so mad at him, okay? Everybody leaves, like he's like trying to talk to me and I'm just like, okay, I'm doing interviews here, like let me finish what I'm doing. I was so mad because in my heart, we had never dealt with like trust issues, but at this point, everything was broken. I had never worked my muscles or let him work those muscles of trust in our relationship because that's something that really never came up in our dating. So in our marriage, after that, I was like, I can't trust this guy. I don't know him. He doesn't return my phone calls. Like, I could have died. And he was so sorry. Like, but it took us a long time to figure out those trust issues, mainly on my part, because I'm like, oh gosh, now I have a plan B, I have a plan C, and a plan D, because I'm not sure if this guy's gonna come to my rescue. So I promise you, your married life will be based on a true story, not the fairy tale that you tell yourself in your head. It's very good, it's very, very good. You know, I think, 
I think what happens sometimes is, you know, you date Superman, but you wake up next to Clark Kent. Right? That was my experience. Yeah, yeah, and... <laughs> and watch, this, this is why, this is why as you're finding someone and you're allowing yourself to be found, it's so important that the chapters and the lines and the, and the words that you're writing about your life are so intentional because all they're going to do is become magnified and it's gonna, literally going to become the story of your marriage. Right? I wish we had a different story. I wish we had a different way to teach marriage. But marriage now is just what we wish dating had been, you know? And we had to learn to trust again. We had to learn to honor. We had to learn to respect. Um, we had to learn to be open. Yeah. And I, I wish that someone had sat us down and said, hey, you guys, dating isn't just about the butterflies you get and wanting to touch your butt. <laughs> Sh like, shut up, like for real, like, you know what I mean? Like, I know it's ridiculous, but you, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're leaving me by myself, right? Like, like half the guys in the room are like, yo, yeah, I would just, uh, so. no, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm just, just trying to do a booty tap, just a little, just a little, just a little booty pat, just, I mean, like, good game, girl, good game. You know what I'm saying? Like, good game, right? Like, well, listen, 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 listen. And, I, and I, I wish someone had sat with Diana and I when we were 23, 24 years old and said, you're, you're going to have to learn honor, communication. You're gonna have to learn how to speak honestly. Rather than speak, you know, when our first five, six, seven years, man, even now we're not perfect. We try really hard. And let me just insert this there. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage. Anyone who tells you that their marriage is perfect is a liar. Or maybe they don't talk to each other. <laughs> or maybe they're not really, maybe they're not, may, Then maybe that's why it's maybe perfect. That, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe they're not really married, whatever. There's just people who work really hard at it. Really, really hard at it. Um, and, and I wish someone had, had, had sat with me and said, hey, Cruz, you're going to have to learn how to explain what you're feeling rather than rage. Because you can't behave that way every time you feel some type of way. No pun intended. You can't burn the house down every time you get pissed off. You just can't. And we weren't close enough for her to see that side of me when we were dating. Now listen, if you're close enough and you see that side of someone while you're dating, when someone shows you who they really are, believe them. <laughs> right? Because now 16 years into our marriage, that's the heavy lifting for us. I'm still attracted. I just want to touch her butt. True story. Hey, it, it, she's my wife. I can say that about her. You guys are like, oh my God. Like, like. I thought we could push the envelope a little bit more with culture, right? I'm not trying to be inappropriate for the sake of being inappropriate. What I'm saying is this. I still love her. I'm still attracted to her. She still keeps my butt coming home, right? But now the thing that really digs the well of our life and the thing that makes marriage significant is that we're honest with each other. Like we're able to say, hey, when you say that, I really don't like that. Rather than, I'm just not gonna answer your text for three days. Or have an attitude. That was our, that, for, like that's our story. Like, like she can say, hey Cruz, please don't eat all the peanut butter. 
This is real. This is real talk, okay, guys, you guys. I used to cry like our first year of marriage because he would eat everything, like everything. Like I was so sad. I felt he was so inconsiderate. I'm like, why wouldn't you leave me something? And for him, he's like, go buy another jar. I'm like, but that's not the point. Yeah, those were our issues. And it became a week and a half, two weeks of bickering and all of that because of the peanut butter. Now it's like, hey, hey, now it's like, hey, bro, I really feel like you're not being considered to me when you finish this and you don't even leave me some. Because our marriage isn't built on the fairy tale of, oh, he's just going to know. Yeah. No, he won't. No, he won't. You need to tell him. When you do this, I don't like that. Yes. Does that make sense? Maybe we'll talk about marriage another day. Okay. Would that help if we talked about marriage? We just, I don't know. Um, so the scripture says that Adam Caesar says, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. The scripture says, this is why a man leaves his father and his mother. Let me just throw that in there. Like that's, that's how it's supposed to work. When you find her, when you find him, your relationship as a man or your, your existence as a man goes from son to husband, from daughter to wife. And I love you, mom and dad, but you don't have a say anymore because I left my mother and my father and I'm clinging to my wife. That's another conversation for yeah. another day. But there's too many guys trying to be married to their wife and their mama, right? Like, um, Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Um, watch this. And I hope, I, hope, I, hope you see the, I hope you see the order of how God directly messages us about relationships. It's not good for you to be alone. In your singleness, I want you to find purpose. In your dating, I want you to be able to say, finally, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. That you examine expectations, that you manage expectations, that you discover who you are and who you are not. I believe that all of us who desire marriage, that God will give it to us, that it will be healthy and life-giving for you. The man and the woman get married. They cling together. They become one. And then the scripture says this, the very last thing, and they were naked and not ashamed. There goes the order right there. God knows I need a relationship. He allows me to live single. I date and I build my expectations. I find her. And then when we're naked together, there's no shame. Amen. You know, we could talk all night about sex, but I just, I just wanted to say it this way, that I'm a really simple guy, so here's a simple thought. If it's making you feel ashamed, it's not for you. If it makes you feel ashamed, if it brings guilt, yeah, it feels good in the first, you know, 11 minutes. I'm being generous with you guys. I know everyone here is a virgin. I know, I know, I know. You don't know what I'm talking about. And it feels great. I get it. You were built for it. You realize they called it a walk of shame. Come on. Right? And this, this, whole, this, this whole point isn't about 
condemnation and beating you up. Mm-mm. It's about you recognizing what, how you were built. There's a reason you can get naked. <laughs> Thank you, God, for that. But it's not supposed to bring you shame. And the last DM from God to us tonight is this. I never created you to live ashamed. I never, ever created you to be ashamed. And I'm not just talking about your physical nakedness. Sometimes there's emotional disrobing that we do. Right? It should never bring you shame. It should never bring you fear. And can, can I just, I just, I'm just going to pass to you. We went way too long. Was this okay tonight? It's good. Okay, good. Um, can we choose to be really good people? No, seriously. When I pray, when we pray over this culture that God is building, when we dream over you guys and over your futures and over your families and over your marriages, one of the things that I also dream is that you become a marker for a generation that you can date well and healthy and life-giving. So when someone disrobes, whether it's physical or emotional, can we be people that if that relationship ends, that we cover them? That's so good. Hear me, hear me. Before you clap, hear me. When someone comes, when, when you get into proximity with someone, to the extent that they share their life with you, that you share intimacy with each other. Now, obviously, I hope you draw boundaries, okay? But you share emotional inter- intimacy, secrets. Can we, be, can we be good people and say, you know, when this came to an end, my respect and my honor of you has not. So I am not going to go tell your secrets. I'm not going to go drag you through the mud. I'm, I'm not going to give you a reason to stop coming to church. I'm not going to give you a reason to feel awkward in the same room with me. On the contrary, if what we had at some point was sincere love, then we can carry on. Maybe it's no longer Eros love, but it can be agape. And I can say love is going to cover you. And you don't have to worry about me destroying your name. And you don't have to worry about me dragging you through the mud. I will be respectful. I will be a man of honor. I will be a woman of honor. And I'm not going to go do all of that. No, why? Because we we date different. Amen. So good. You feel me on that? Amen. I want us to be that. I don't, I don't want us to have to all, hear me, there's going to be stuff with the relationship. I get it. Yeah. It gets messy. You know, man, what, one of the dreams is like, man, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time ministering to people and pastoring people and calling and texting people who got hurt because the ex did something dirty. Can we make a commitment for there to be no shame after we've shared some sort of intimacy? So good. Does that make sense to you tonight? Now, when it comes to sex, you were built for it. You, you know what the word says about it. I don't have to harp on it. Right? It's built for enjoyment, enjoyment between a man and his wife, a woman and her husband. Because sex isn't just the physical act. It's not just biology. It's spiritual. And somewhere in the summer, we're probably going to do a two or three just week culture night content on podcasts just about sex. Um, But sex always begins with impulse. And impulse is always governed or released by an act of will. Watch. 
Genesis 2.26, they were naked, but not ashamed. Genesis 3.11, the eyes of their understanding were opened. They saw their nakedness and they became ashamed. What changes? Not the nakedness. Genesis 3.1 says, and the serpent was the most cunning in all of the garden. And he saw the woman, and you know the story, said, hey, why don't you eat from that tree? Well, God said I shouldn't because this and this. Oh, you're not really going to die. Did he really say that? You're not really going to die. Long story short, Adam and Eve break a trust that they had with God, and they break an instruction that God had with them. And I don't know if you remember the tree that they ate from, but it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree to make a judgment call. The capacity that you and I were born with and created and engineered with is phenomenal. We were created with the capacity to dominate the earth. But until that moment where we ate from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we did not have the capacity to have an opinion. Because everything that we knew about ourselves came from the voice of God. They eat, the eyes of their understanding is open. They look at themselves and they say, I'm not enough. I need to do something to feel like I'm enough. I get naked and then I feel ashamed I'm still not enough. So in that, they go hide, right? You remember the story? So they play like the first game of hide and seek ever. So God comes in the cool of the garden and he says, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Adam finally speaks up and he says, here I am. God's like, dude, what are you doing, man? And he says, well, I was naked, so I was ashamed. So I hid. And you remember God's reply to Adam? What a good father we have, you guys. Because yeah. his reply isn't what popular culture will say the church does, right? You're disgusting. You're a sinner. You're filthy. You're going to hell. You should have waited for marriage. Bop, 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 bop. Right? It's, that's not what he says. Because God doesn't create that kind of a response. That doesn't come from him. Can I just say this to you? That if you ever get an accusatory response, that's the voice of the enemy, not the voice of God. Hear me, the Bible says this. The Bible says that there's only one accuser, and his name is Satan. God's glory is to cover. And so God doesn't look at his son, Adam, and say, you disgusting, sinful child. On the contrary, he says, Adam, who told you that? Who said that to you? Who said? And as we were praying about our time tonight, we knew we were going to end with that question. Who said you have to do it like that? If it's bringing shame, who told you? Who told you to do that? Who said that? And I wonder if it's not so much us fixing, breaking, repairing, all of that in, in us, I wonder if it's just coming back into an alignment and say, you know, God, I just want to hear what you say. Yeah. The second Adam, his name was Jesus, fast forward, is about to begin his, his ministry. He gets baptized. It's Mark chapter 2. He gets baptized, right? And his heavenly father says, this is my son. I'm well pleased in him. I love him. The very next verse, Mark chapter 2, verse 11, he goes into the desert to be tempted. Do you remember this part of the story? Watch. 
And the enemy does not know any new tricks. He's always gonna question your worth. He's always gonna question your identity. He's always gonna question, why are you doing it like that? If you were really, then you would do it. If you really loved me, if you were real, right? And he tells Jesus, if you were really the son of God. See, he attacks him through his impulses first. His identity, then his impulse. If you were really the son of God, you would turn these stones into bread. Watch. And Jesus fights him back and he says, Satan, the Lord God, rebuke you. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Who is telling you? Who is speaking into your life? Who is giving you the word? Who's in your DMs? Who told you that? Can we stand our feet? Amen. Can we pray over you? Amen. You glad you came tonight? Let's just pray this prayer. You know, one of the things that Diane and I prayed about tonight was that tonight would be a time of restoration for those of us who maybe, maybe we are living with a little bit of shame. Maybe we're living with a little bit of um, not doing things God's way. I just want to pray for you that you walk away from this time together like, oh man, God is so good. And I feel fresh, brand new, fresh start. I feel good. You know, I heard Pastor Mark say this the other day. He said, you know, Cruz, one of my first cars was like this old, dusty, I don't remember, like it was an old truck. Like you scratched the dashboard and like the dust came out, right? You know what I'm talking about? And then he said, but when I got a new car, there was something about the new car, the new car smell, the new car feel. And you and I, when we're born again, are created to live in that new car, in that sense of new. Amen. And so we just want to take a moment to pray for any of us who are not feeling in that sense of new, that you would walk away from this time restored, Amen. renewed. And for those of us who, maybe you've been fighting the good fight, and maybe you've been holding it down, I'm just going to pray that God just put wind, puts wind back Amen. in your sails. That he just encourages you again. That he just reminds you, that he he just looks like, you just sense him and he says, I'm so proud of you. He's proud of us all, don't get me wrong. But that that you wouldn't become tired and weary in doing the right thing. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? Father, I thank you so much for this time together. I thank you so much, Lord, that you love us. Thank you that you love us so much that you get in our DMs. And so tonight we hear your word. We receive your word. If that's you now, would you just raise your hands towards heaven? Maybe you're just listening. Would you just take a moment to raise your hands towards heaven also? Lord, tonight we receive your restoration. You make all things new. You restore our soul, our feelings, our thinking, our decision making. Thank you, God, that you restore us tonight. Thank you for restoration flowing To everyone who's hearing this content, Lord, to everyone who's in this place live, thank you, Father, that you restore. You make it new. And Lord, I thank you that you come in and you encourage and reinvigorate, put wind back in our sails to honor you, to please you, to pursue you, to do things your way and to expect your results. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. 
And now, Lord, I just pray over this generation and over this culture and all that would be under the influence of our church and this movement. Lord, I thank you for healthy, life-giving relationships. I thank you for healthy dating lives, God. Dating lives that bring joy and fun, laughter and great memories, Lord, that in the dating season of our lives, Father, we would examine our expectations, manage our expectations, that we would come to know our purpose, who we are and why we're here. Lord, thank you that in our singleness, we're able to address things in us that prepare us for the next steps. Lord, thank you that in this pursuit, we find ourselves to be good spouses, that you make in us helpers and companions while you're making for us helpers and companions. Thank you for this time together tonight. We're so grateful, God, for this culture that you're building. We're so honored to be a part of it. But let us have an incredible Friday tomorrow. Let us get home safe. Let your light shine brightly through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Awesome. Hey, that was fun, huh? Man, that was so good. I hope you enjoyed In the DMs with Cruz and Diana. And if you're getting something out of the Prime Culture Podcast, would you like it, share it, leave a review? We want as many people to hear what's happening with the culture as possible. But next Friday, I'm telling you, Friday is Prime Day. It's when we're dropping all of our podcasts. But we have a very special guest with us on next week's episode, and he is the senior pastor of our church, Abundant Living Faith Center. Pastor Charles Neiman is on deck. And I'm telling you, next week's episode is going to be so powerful. So be on the lookout for that. And also make sure you're following us on Instagram at This Prime Culture to keep up with all the events and all the things that are happening with Prime. We have Culture Night coming at the Epic Rail Yard March 19th. You got to be there. Friends don't let friends miss Culture Night. Be on the lookout. We'll see you back here next week for the Prime Culture Podcast with Pastor Charles Neiman. Until then, be the culture.